Father, we do thank you for this day that you've given us. We ask that you uh, be with our service. Allow us to focus for an hour or so that you will touch our hearts, our mind, and soul. I ask that you be with us uh, as we continue your service. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning and welcome to Dates Ministry Center. Good to see a little bit more people today. It's great to see that. I think they're getting over the fear of the unpredictable stuff. So, you know, it's good to know that. A um, couple of things. Uh, Biggs Ministry Center is opening a learning center as of September 1st. 
This learning center will be a place where kids could come and use the internet and for their Google Chromebooks. And if they need help with anything else during the time period, that's that will be given to them. Uh, there'll be no curriculum. There'll be just internet usage, and I'll be here to help them connect. I will be here to let them do their things, and they will be social distancing. There'll be one on each end of the table, and we'll meet in here. So it's nothing fancy, nothing uh, extreme. So uh, if you know anybody who you know wants to come hang out, we have 12 seats available each day between the hours of 9 and 12. Be Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays. Let me clarify that. So Monday nine to noon, Tuesday nine, uh, excuse me, Wednesday nine to noon, and Thursday nine to noon. So it's three days a week, and again, very simple for them to work on their Chromebooks. I do have uh, educational abilities for them. I do am working uh, with Upward International uh, Learning uh, Group out of Magalhães. Uh, is the home base. They have schools throughout the world, uh, Malaysia and a couple other countries. So it's uh, if you want to know the credentials, uh, you can go to www.international, or excuse me, upwardinternationalschools.net. So uh, again, we have prayer meeting on Wednesday night. We've been getting some good participants uh, through Facebook. Uh, we are on Bible study on Thursday at 7. So you could join us uh, in Bible study. I didn't feel good this past week, so I did out of my house. I might do it again this week. It was really uh, neat to do. You know, it saves energy too. So, you know, so it was good. So if you guys want to join me in those days, and uh, so that would work on my end. Any questions about the learning center? Okay, great. Let's go ahead and get yours. I can do anything. I can do all things. Cause it's you that gives me strength. Nothing is impossible through you. Blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. Cause it's you that gives me strength. Nothing is impossible.
Hi children, Miss Lisa here. I, I, this week's lesson, um, I changed on Monday. I had another lesson prepared. Uh, but Monday brought horrible memories back for me and a lot of other people who live up in Paradise and on the Ridge. When I woke up uh, Monday morning, I had to bring my son to the doctors and we walked out the door and it was sprinkling and all of a sudden, lightning went off and a big clap of thunder. We get in the car, and I turn to my son, Zachary, and I said, you watch. Um, by the end of your doctor's appointment, there's going to be fires all over um, because of the lightning. And sure enough, on our way home, we were here listening to the radio, and we heard that there was fires started all over uh, Northern California and Southern California. And we get home, and our next-door neighbor, who they're Christians, and he's a former pastor, um, he was telling us about a couple fires nearby. One was right um, near Paradise, um, and it had already jumped to by Honey Run, and which is where I was baptized, Honey Run Bridge. And I completely lost it. My son started crying and I all I thought of was, oh no, you know. And he said, Lisa, it's okay, it's okay. Um, we're monitoring it. Nothing's going on. And he um, said, you do realize that there's a fire that's in our own backyard. It's much closer. Um, it's only a few miles away. And uh, then I really got scared, and he calmed me down, and we prayed, and he reminded me that God's going to protect us. Uh, just, you know, not in the way we might expect, because I thought, oh, no, you know, we're going to lose our house, and, you know, I just went off the deep end. And he... He made me feel better, though, after our talk. And, you know, uh, when he said that 
God is going to protect us. I really didn't understand because people had said that before, and I didn't understand what they meant by that, especially during um, the, the Paradise Fires, nor did I understand what it meant when he said that on Monday. Um, but I thought about it, and um, I went home that night, and I read uh, I read some scripture. You see, we all go through bad things in life. Um, you know, it might not be a natural disaster like a fire, an earthquake, a flood. It might just be something like school, getting bullied, um, divorce. You get the idea. Um, um, what we need is patience, uh, which comes from within, and to know that God is there to protect us. He's kind of like a mother hen, how a mother hen's going to protect her chicks. Well, God is going to wrap his arms around us, and he's going to protect his children. And so just believe that, and believe in God's timing, and things are going to work out for the best. Now, in Luke twenty-one nineteen, it says, Stand firm, and you will win life. What does that mean? Well, to me, it means that to remain patient and trust in God, and everything will work out for the absolute best. In Hebrews 6.15, it says, And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Who's Abraham? Well, Abraham and his wife Sarah um, there uh, in Bible. And Abraham and Sarah, more than anything, they wanted a child of their own. And so they prayed and prayed to God for a child. Abraham was 75 years old, and God promised Abraham a child. They waited 25 years for a child, but eventually God did give them a child. But um, during that 25 years, other things had to happen before that pr uh, promise was fulfilled. And so God always has a plan. Now, if God would have answered Abraham's prayer right from the get-go, then uh, these other things wouldn't have happened. So everything has to happen in God's timing. Now, when we lost everything in the fire, I didn't understand it at the time and thought that God was being so unfair. I mean, we had been renting for so long and saving our money and scrimping and sacrificing, and we finally had a down payment. And we were getting ready to buy a house, and then all of a sudden the fire hit and took everything we had away except for the money for the down payment. It was safe in the bank. And we had to start all over like everybody else. The only thing we had left was that money for the down payment. And so we went to a shelter and then a trailer like everybody else. But we were able to buy a home a lot quicker because of God's timing. 
because he had that money in the bank. And I, however, experienced a lot of guilt because we were able to get into a home while my other my friends were still in trailers and in a shelter. And I hated to see my friends struggling. In fact, I was embarrassed to have a house. And I, I had a lot of problems with that. And it took Miss Linda a long time to convince me that I was denying the blessings God gave me. He blessed me and my family with a house. And I was denying that blessing. Anyway, on Monday, when the fire came, I first thing I said was, not again. I'm going to lose my house. And the fire was getting way too close for comfort. And I spoke to our neighbor, and he prayed with me. And I went home that night, and I read some more scriptures. One of them was Psalms uh, 40.11, which says, Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. And then I thought of Grandma. Always Grandma. And Grandma had this picture in her house, and it was embroidered um, with the Bible verse. And it was uh, Psalms 23.4, which says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. So remember, whenever you walk through your darkest times, whatever that may be, whatever that may be, remember that God is there to protect and comfort you. Just believe in him. Believe that he is there for you. You know, sometimes when you pray to God for something and it doesn't happen for, uh, for a while, don't fret. I um, Several years ago, I prayed to God for something, and it didn't happen right away. And then I met Miss Linda. She introduced me to children's ministry and doing God's work. Five years later, God answered my prayer. Now, if God would have answered my prayer right when I prayed with, uh, for um, this prayer, I would have never met Miss Linda. I would have never gotten into children's ministry. I would have never met any of you. So everything is in God's timing. God has a plan for all of our lives. I just didn't see it at the time. The same is true for just about anything. God has a plan for all of us. But we need to have patience and wait. He never forgets the promises. And he will always answer our prayers. Just remember to appreciate what we have. It took me a long time to realize that. I'm still learning. That's okay. We learn all the time. God has a great plan for your life. He has a great plan for all of our lives. 
if you cannot see it right away, you just have to trust him and be patient. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And like it says in Romans 8.25, But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. Let's pray. This world is full of uncertainty, but with God, nothing, nothing is uncertain. I pray that these children understand that God will always be there to comfort and protect them, just like a mother hen protects their chicks. I also pray that they show patience while waiting for God's promise. It will come. They just have to believe. They just have to believe and have patience. I pray that these children have a wonderful week. In Jesus' name, amen. Quit, I gotta quit speaking, man. Just quit the show. Yeah. Well, this is the time we uh, do prayer and praise. So if you guys have a prayer or praise, let me know, and I'll write them down. Anybody? Yes, Larissa. Okay. Praises? Yes? 
Oh, I thought you raised your hand again. No? Uh, put me down. Uh, I found out the other day I have uh, AFib or whatever you want to call it. Your heart skips. Your electrical system in your body that starts the heart kind of missed a beat here and there. Uh, and when it happens, it's weird. Uh, you can feel it. And then hiccup. Goes on, so uh, and then Linda, she has to change her chemotherapy. It'll probably be Monday through Friday for one month, and so on next month. So it's going to be that type of uh, program, a little stronger stuff. So anyway, chemo's nasty. I don't care what you say. I don't care what form it is, but chemo's nasty. Anyone else? Please feel free to speak up, because when we pray, things happen. Really does. Uh, well, if you don't want to admit now, just go ahead and send it to me in an email or Facebook me, and we'll pray for you on Wednesday. Okay? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I do thank you for your love. I do thank you for uh, the prayers you have answered in the past. And I know you have your will being done through people. And Father, it's your will, it's your program. We're your instruments. And Father, I pray for Lon that he will uh, be accepted into a program to bring him home. I ask for his salvation, that he will get to meet the Lord through this process. Father, I ask that you be with Linda and myself and help us get our bodies healed in Jesus' name. And Father, we just ask you that in your will, your timing, that things will get done according to your will and your purpose. Father, we thank you for everything you do for us. We ask that you take this service and continue blessing people that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe in you. 
I like him. Don't tell anybody that, though. Oh, yeah, man, I just did. Um, so, one question, how did it work? Or how does it work? Because I've been married um, 36 years. Is it 36? Oh, actually 37, 38 years. Um, so, um question I want to say is how long how how did it work I mean what did you do to make it work uh, did you teach each other I tell you what the first year Lynn and I we fought like cats and dogs I mean I sometimes I would kick the bag of potatoes <laughs> and walk out the door and I'll be walking along and here comes Linda 
with her little car chasing after me. Get in the car, Martin. And I said, no, let me walk. And then there was one time, she's probably going to get mad at me, but it's funny. Um, one day we were in uh, New York. Of all places to be, we went to Staten Island to pick up my brother or to drop him off. And we couldn't find a parking spot whatsoever. We didn't find, we couldn't find one. Finally, we found one. And I don't know if you guys been to San Francisco or New York yourself. And when you park, you have to turn your wheel in a certain way. Otherwise, you get a ticket. So I did that. And um, I couldn't get out of my parking spot. And I was really getting upset. Really getting upset. <laughs> and this lady stuck her head out the window. And she says, honey, you don't have to go with him. You can come up and stay with me. And it just so happened the guy in front of me with her, his car was coming up the street. And then he says, well, that's him. I said, no, it's not. That was him that parked in front of me and he moved and we were able to go on a married way. How many have those kind of moments in your marriage or your relationship in life? And you're still with the person. I figure she'll get rid of me soon. But no, she didn't. I'm still here. But the Bible talks about that in life. The Bible speaks about marriage. The, the Bible, oh, by the way, this is not a biblical counseling program, okay? It's a real sermon. Uh, so in First Peter and even in Ephesians, it tells you about your relationship with God. It tells you about your relationship with uh, Jesus. It tells you about your relationship with your spouse. It tells you about your relationship with your children. And one of them that always sticks in my mind, spare the rod, spoil your child. Now, if that's not true, you know, try not to do it and see what happens in life. Whether it's by rod or by discipline, trust me. Children need discipline. They need a fence to keep from going where you don't want them to go. Okay? Uh, in verse, in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, now it picks on the wise, okay? Now, it picks on the wise, but not in a bad way, in a good way. Now, there's a word we talked about last week called submission. I had a book up here. Oh, submission. And... Again, last week I looked it up. I looked it up again this week. It's a biblical, con biblical concept. The word, the literary meaning of the word, even those well-defined in your culture cannot tell us how these words are used to develop or express a biblical perspective. Perhaps this is the particularly true with the concept of submission. What does, when you think of the word submission, what does, what pops in your head right off the bat? Do you like this? Yes, sweetheart. Yes, sweetheart. Yes, sweetheart. Or let's do this together, sweetheart, and we might get this accomplished. Which side would you take? Think about that. People think when you hear submissive, your your women's club or your your uh, liberal people think you have you're being uh, a slave or you're being a uh, spouse, and you hear these concepts where. You know, he's just doing, she's just doing that because the husband's doing it. Or the husband wants her to do it. Now, I met some women here that will do something no matter what took place. Right? 
right, right, right. I don't see any head shaking. Okay. So the Bible says women or wives, wives, submit to your own husband that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by their conduct of their wives. Now, some of you young people are getting up into the age where you're going to be having boyfriends, girlfriends, a relationship where they call it. And I call it acquaintance. Okay? I don't know what is wrong with the human instinct where they have to have a boyfriend or they have to have a girlfriend to feel whole or something. I don't know what it is. You know? Uh, so that's what I'm thinking. In in Titus 2 9 and 1 Peter 2 18 says this call for voluntary submission in role defines by one's culture and makes no judgment at all on the justice or validity of a particular institution. It simply calls on the believer to live in the world as it is and in one's own cultures to do what is expected of a good citizen or a good slave. Okay? So those are, uh, you can get more here. But submission is not a derogatory term. God used that word because when he made Adam and Eve, when he made Eve, he made Eve because Adam needed a helpmate. Because Adam didn't have somebody with him like all the other animals. He says, looked at Adam and says, man, this guy needs help. So he decided to take a rib out of Adam and make a, a woman. And for that to take place, God knew what needs to happen. He had a program. He had his will. He had his things for Adam. Now, later on down the road, Eve kind of messed up. Adam let her mess up. So therefore, Adam got the blunt of it, even though he was not there. And Eve ate the fruit. And he, Adam blamed the woman. The woman blamed the, the serpent. And it goes on and on and on. Now, when we get in trouble, you can always blame the other people. Do we not? You know, we, d we do. It's, it's there. You know what? You know what's really interesting, though? You get two teenagers and one did wrong and the other one saw it. They would turn on that person in an instinct. You watch it. They don't want to get in trouble. So they turn on it. Uh, Bernie McGee gives three steps, and it was very interesting to see that, or three planes. He says, I have counseled great many young people who have asked me to unite them in marriage. Okay? I never major in trying to marry as many as I could, but very frankly, I always did it with fear and trembling. I would like to mention very briefly some things I've told them. Okay? Here it is. Marriage is made up of three different planes. Okay, one, the physical plane. That is important. That's relationship, an intimate relationship. They, he, he made that for intimate relationship for married people. Second, the second plane is in a marriage is the mental and psychological relationship, which is also very important. Now, when I say uh, physiological relationship, 
if you beat somebody up so long, the relationship goes sour. But the woman still wants to stay with the guy. So it's psychological relationship. It's, it's in your mind. It's nice when a husband and wife enjoys doing the same thing on one of the tours of the Bible land. But when they don't do the same thing, the, they, they split. If, if one person likes this thing and the wife likes this thing, and they don't come together to see if they enjoy each other, you're going to have issues. That's one of the planes. Okay? That's, that's what it is. It's very important that when you are married with someone, they're equal to you, and they are equal to them. We, we call it unequally yoked. And the Bible speaks about that. You know, if you marry an unbeliever, your wife is an unbeliever or your husband's an unbeliever, your marriage is not going to do very well. The Bible tells us that. It has to be equally Christian versus Christian. It can't be Christian and unbeliever. And God speaks about that, or Peter speaks about that. Here, any man or woman who marries a non-Christian is in trouble. Scripture forbids marriage between a believer and an unbeliever. In Deuteronomy, we read, Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. Deuteronomy 22.10. It's important. God speaks about that. And, you know, if you think you're going to marry somebody and you say, oh, I'm going to change that person. Has he changed in the last 30 years or 20 years? I was always told when you meet somebody, to court with them for two years. Then you get to know who he is or she is. And then you can start planning all that other stuff, all that other foo-foo stuff. I call it foo-foo stuff. But anyways, that's what we're talking about here. That's what Peter's getting here. Now, women. You guys know women, right? Women knows women pretty much, right? They got good character in judging women. Now, if you saw a woman and she's got so much makeup on, and she's got rings on her finger, and she's wearing a dress, and she's got high heels, and, you know, I'm not trying to judge anybody, don't get me wrong, but Peter makes this, this thing. What, what, what do you think of that? Huh? Peter says here, do not let your dormant be merely outward. So she's trying to get that attention, right? She tried to get that attention, got that makeup on, got those rings flashing, got the jewelry going on. She's trying to make a name for herself, right? I hope she don't. I hope that's not the case. I hope she has rings and makeup for a purpose. But the Bible says, rather let it be hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. God looks at women as a special individual. And he and the heart is what matters. The, the softness, softness of a wife goes into better play. And that's what Peter's writing here. A gentle and quiet spirit attracts men. Whether you say it or not, it attracts men. Uh, manner in a formal time 
The holy woman who trusts in God also adorns themselves being submissive to their own husbands. Do they not? Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and not afraid with any terror. If you want to win your husband to the Lord, first make sure you have a relationship with the Lord. Because forget it. If you don't have a relationship with God, you're not going to expect your husband to have a relationship with God if you don't. Husbands, you're going to be next week, so don't panic. But it's very special. God looks at women a very special person. Because they are who they are. And they're sweet spirit, kind, gentle. I think that's why they let them have children. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But it's amazing when I see uh, wives take care of children. It's amazing. They could put up with so much stuff. I'll be ready to take out my belt. <laughs> Whack! No. I changed since then. But no, they they're they gentle. They they are gentle with their children most of the time. But they have their moments. But it amazed me how they could get their kids to do something most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. You know. And they listen. You know, they have this sweet spirit. And if you win a, if you want to win your husband over to the Lord or your partner over to the Lord, you need to have a relationship. You need to be slowly showing it out of action and not words. Peter says, if you can't get them through the word of Jesus Christ, your actions will do it. And there's people that's done that. You know, now I want to let you look at the other side of the world when there's two Christians together, wives. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 talks about the love of the two. In chapter 5 of Ephesians, here's some interesting points. Walk in love. If you walk in love towards your spouse, I'm sure it will change in life. Because the relationship you have in Christ will show love to the one who lives with you in your household. Try it. Don't be so nitpicky. Say, hey, this looks good on you. Or, hey, you did a good job in cleaning the kitchen. Or, hey, you did a good job in getting your kids taken care of. Or our kids taken care of. That's love. I call it the, the four-letter word, action word, love. Love your husband or your wife, or your spouse. Walk in love. It says, therefore, be imitator of God as your children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling aroma. Wow. It, it makes a difference in a relationship. Teenagers, think about these. When you are getting older and you got everything going, look at the person you want to marry. 
don't jump into the relationship. If you believe in Jesus Christ and the cross, look for someone that has the same character that you have. Walk in light. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the word. Walk as children. Walk in the light with your relationship. It, it makes a difference. It makes a difference towards your kids. If you're if you're not arguing all the time with your and your kids are not watching that, they're gonna say, Wow, what changes have been made here? Walk in the light. Here's in verse uh, 14, Ephesians 5. Awake, you O sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you the light. There's a promise for you to keep. Here's another one. Walk in wisdom. Now, I should do this also, but take your finger. Take your tongue out. So if you're ready to speak angry words, hold your tongue. Hold your tongue and see what happens. Or walk away. Because that's wisdom. Wisdom is to know what to do and when to do it in a relationship. To see, then you can that you walk in circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the times because the days are evil. You know, devil's ready to take your marriage out in, in the backyard and demolish it. But you have to fight that. You have to fight the partnership. You have to come together as a a one partner to do the God's will. You gonna have boundaries you're gonna have upsets but if you're ready to do a bad word or something grab your tongue grab your tongue and see how far it gets it gets it will get pretty good now i'm speaking about myself too don't get me wrong marriage i was getting there marriage wives submit to your own husband as the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. And therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands in everything. I would go on, but it has to do with the husband. So we have to go back next week. Let's go next week. But anyways... Your relationship as a partnership, wife, fiance, whatever you want to be, Christ has to be the center of your two relationships. Lynn and I have been married 37 years. And we have Christ in our lives. We don't always show it, but we have it. We have our moments as a counseling, as a couple. But we learn to encourage each other we learn to to work with each other just as god gave adam and eve together 
And if you don't work together in your marriage, forget it, buddy. You get on your hands and knees and says, what can I do to change? And the Bible tells us right here, uh, a word, if you show your actions instead of words, you'll be a big part of your marriage. Actions is important. Words are nothing unless you use it bad against someone. Words are a lot that happens. Tell me about it. If you've been on Facebook, man, there's evil out there. You know, I mean, you make a statement, you got everybody and the brother that you never know out there making comments. And they're not nice comments. So I tell people, block them. You don't want to hear that mess. But no, refrain from calling back. Refrain from being negative. Remember, use your biblical words in your action, not your speech. And remember, submit to each other. Okay? In your relationships. Submit to each other. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I do thank you for your love. I ask that you help our relationship with you and then with our other with our spouse. Father, you are the you are the guide for us to follow rules. You're the guide for us to have grace with each other. You are the guide to have us love each other. Because it all starts with you. You are the cornerstone of our lives. You are the cornerstone of the church. Father, I thank you for your love that you've given us. And without that love, our marriage is nothing. Give us the love that we can show to people around us, not through words, through our actions. Father, I do thank you for the time you've given us to worship in your name. And I ask that you take this day and use it for your glory and your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand if you like.